welcome to CA Today. I am your host, Sarah Whitmire, and I am joined today by my colleague, Brendan Kaiser. Brendan, welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for being here. It's been a while since we've um, sat across from each other on a podcast. I'm excited. We're back and better than ever. <laughs> so how have things been with you? Good. I'll right away apologize to our listeners. I'm battling a little cold. Tis the season. So, you know, hopefully my voice is a little deeper, sounds a little manlier, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that'll be good. Hopefully that's exactly what it is. And we lost about 10 viewer <laughs> listeners. <laughs> what about you? Is there anything new with you? Well, so there is something new with me. Do tell. Um, I am actually expecting my second child. Could be any day now. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, I'm... Of course, I'm thrilled for you, but I've known this for months. So. <laughs> <laughs> I should hope. Wow, what a surprise. <laughs> Shocking. Yes. Um, yeah, so it uh, it could be any day now. And so this is sort of my last hurrah until I come back from my leave. So um, for everybody out there, Brendan is going to be kind of sitting in the driver's seat for the next couple months, which I'm excited for as well to hear what you come up with. Yeah, it'll be good. We've got some great episodes planned for the new year, um, but we're definitely going to miss you. Mm. And so you'll be back in the spring, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So we're uh, we're excited for that. Yes. We're thrilled for you. So yes, it's very exciting. Thank you. Yes. So, but we, you know, even though we haven't been together to do the podcast in a while, we have had time together to do some traveling and we were in Albany uh, together back in September and mm-hmm. November. Yep. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So um, Brendan and I are part of the Staff and Curriculum Development Network, the SCDN. It's a statewide network of um, s- curriculum developers, curriculum coordinators. And we send, actually, we send people from our BOCES to um, to Albany all the time. There's different groups. There's science, social studies, math. Um, obviously, Brendan and I, we represent the ELA-focused group. And um, in September, we had the opportunity to go out with a large crew, really, of our team because it was a um, learning opportunity across disciplines. And um, we spent some time with Larry Ainsworth, and we were talking about um, about the next-gen standards, about standards, about curriculum development, and specifically around Larry Ainsworth, Larry Ainsworth's work that's a mouthful, um, on prioritizing standards. And it's an exciting time because we've got new math, new ELA, new arts, Mm -hmm. new health, Mm -hmm. new science. Science has been out for a couple years now at Next Gen. Yeah. But uh, we've got, you know, the social study inquiry practices. So there's a lot of shifts happening in the curriculum um, world. So it was it was a great learning experience. And then, we, like I said, we got to go back again in November and dive a little bit deeper with Larry Ainsworth. So I thought maybe today we could share out a little bit of our learning and talk about like how this might impact districts. Perfect. So um, I was actually I, I know you have done some work with with the idea of prioritizing standards in some of our districts and um you know, the day of learning was just, it was fantastic because we could bounce ideas off of ourselves, each other. Um, but then, you know, having having math people there and science and social studies and just thinking about the application across discipline. Um, so that was really exciting work. And we were thinking, how can this, 
what can we do with this in our in our region? What can we do with this beyond the work from Albany? Um, so it was it's been you know something that we've been thinking about for a few months, and we wanted to you know, to bring it into some of the work we do with our ELA CLC, and we'll get all into that later. Um, but why don't we start with, so there's this idea of prioritizing standards. When we think about priorities, um, you think about like they're more important than others. You think about um, that maybe some, you know, maybe they take place of something else, you know, but there are some misconceptions when, when you think about this idea of prioritizing standards that I think when you're introducing this to a district or you're introducing this to your teachers, um, you kind of need to hit right from the start so that there, there isn't this, you know, these misconceptions floating around about the work that you're doing. Right. So we're not saying that one standard is better than another standard. We're not saying that one standard should not be taught at all or assessed at all. Um but what we're saying is, you know, it was interesting when we looked at the Common Core standards, we saw that for ELA, you know, some grade levels had over 70 standards. Mm -hmm. That is a lot to hit with fidelity, um, making sure that kids master all those standards in a year. And we're not even talking a full year with, you know, the three, um, three through eight assessments happening in April and May. So um, now the next generation standards have been you know, revised the Common Core mm -hmm. with lots of stakeholder input. And so we're seeing that, you know, there a lot of the standards have been uh, removed mm -hmm. that, you know, um, were not necessary. Um, some of them have been consolidated. Um, and so we, we have seen the amount of standards decrease under Next Gen, which is great. But at the same time, there's still a lot a of lot standards. A lot of standards to cover. Absolutely. And, and, and in that as well is the idea, and we're going to talk about this too, but the idea of mastery of those standards and where that takes place and um, the nuances and the changes of, of the wording and the language of the standards from grade level to grade level and what impact that that has on instruction. Um, and really this process of prioritizing will allow you to kind of get into that um, so that you can kind of figure out what ones not necessarily are more important, but which ones should you highlight or focus more and when in your curriculum. Right. So when we're talking about priority standards, just kind of a basic definition, we're talking about the standards that we absolutely want to make sure that our students will have mastered by the end of the year or by the end of our um, you know, testing period. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that we really want to make sure are hit. Supporting standards are other standards that might connect to the priority standard or might even enhance the priority standard. Um, but those can happen throughout and might not need to be um, receiving explicit direct instruction um, or it might not need to be hit as often as some of these other priority mm -hmm. standards that you really want to make sure that kids have so that they're ready for the next grade levels um, expectations. Absolutely. And um, one of the things that we we learned from Larry in this work, and this idea of prioritizing standards and this idea of supporting standards, was this analogy to offense, which I think um, really kind of clarifies 
what a priority standard is, what a supporting standard is, and how you would look at the standards at your grade level and, and really kind of start to dig through. Because there's there's some criteria that he talks about, too, for the, the prioritizing. But um, when you think about this fence analogy, you think about having posts and rails. And the posts are those sort of foundational skills, those, those big heavy hitters that will um, – meet all of the criteria of prioritizing standards that students really need. And then like Brendan was saying, the the supporting standards are sort of the rails. They're the ones that offer support um, so that those posts can stand up. And and they come in and out maybe at different times during the year. Maybe they're they're something that you hit, you know, at the beginning in building those foundational standards and then you pull away from. You know, it just depends on your um, your discipline and it depends on the language of the standards. But if you really start looking at, okay, where are my fence posts? Where are the things that students really need need to have and, and will stay with them for a while? And where are some of those, those standards that just support that skill or support that learning and those sort of become your rail? So how do you even go about starting? Picking, <laughs> right. The picking and choosing and selecting, Right. Um, and so he offered this framework of looking at the st- at a standard through four lenses. Um, and the first one is readiness. Will this standard help students be able to be ready for the next grade level um, learning expectations? Um, endurance is the second criteria. Is this a concept and skill that will help kids over time when they get into middle school or high mm-hmm. school or beyond or into the real world in a career or college. Um, so what is the endurance factor of the standard? Leverage. Leverage is referring to how does this standard support the other content areas? Mm-hmm. So if you have, you know, um, let's say a, a standard in ELA for argument, you know, you might consider that um, applicable to the arguments you're making in science mm-hmm. and the arguments you're making in social studies. And so there's that connection, mm-hmm. you know, through the other content areas. And then the last piece to try uh, or lens you should be looking at to kind of determine is this more of a priority or more of a supporting standard is how does it connect to the external exams, either your local final exam that you give at the end of the year or the state assessments, the regions, the three through eight assessments. Mm-hmm. Where are you seeing, you know, um, how is the state prioritizing the standards? Right. Meaning, how many questions are they asking, you know, on one standard? Or is this standard only being assessed once every, you know, in one question every three years? Right. And um, so the work that we did with Larry, uh, <laughs> It was it was it was incredible because we were in a big giant room with a ton of different discipline um, areas and we we focused with the ELA people and we were working with several people from around the region so the conversation was very rich around the lenses and Larry really had us I think based on the size of the group um, he had us looking only through three lenses initially just to practice the process. So we looked at readiness, endurance, and leverage. And um, I think we were in a middle school. Yeah, we were looking at six through eight standards. Six through eight um, ELA reading standards. And 
So it was interesting looking through, and we were looking at the next gen standards and thinking about readiness, endurance, leverage at each of those levels. And what is something that would be a priority in sixth grade and how that sort of fades in or fades out to be a priority as you move through seventh and eighth grade, which I thought was really fascinating conversation. Um, And that last lens, that external exams, What I think is really great about some of the work that we're doing in the region is that we have compiled this information um, with the three through eight exams for math and ELA for our districts. And we know exactly what the state prioritizes. So um, just thinking about application and thinking about pulling this in, if, if this is something to do, how easy it is to have that data already. That's like a little plug for some of the work that we've done. Right. We can easily share that out. I know it has been shared out to mm-hmm. superintendents, and um, we call them the power standards or yep. the power identifiers. And those are, you know, the, the heaviest hit mm-hmm. standards on an assessment. So what's interesting through the conversation is looking at these le- lenses. And sometimes there's um, a little bit of some imbalance. So something that might be important as far as readiness might not be important on the external exam or something that you see a lot of leverage with might not be something that, um, that they need to go to the next level of learning, whatever the case may be. So it's, it's interesting looking at all of these lenses, looking through and seeing where, what really stands out, um, to be a priority within the standards documents. And you don't necessarily have to hit all four lenses. Right. You know, that's ideal. And then that kind of makes it maybe a no-brainer, like, ooh, okay, this definitely is going to be a priority. But if it hits three of the four, Mm -hmm. or even maybe if it hits two of the four, really the power comes from the conversations you're having at the table. Absolutely. Talking about, well, why do you feel it's a priority even though it's only hitting two of the Mm -hmm. lenses? And from there, maybe you can do some course correction or you can try and see, well, then how can we put in that leverage piece right. and make it more applicable to the content areas? So, And what I loved about the conversation around the lenses was the fact that we were able to really dig in to the language of the standards and really think about what it means to put those standards into instruction. So how are those skills taught? What do those skills look like at that level like, for example, when we were looking at sixth grade, what does that really look like at sixth grade? What? So this is what the standard says, but what does that really mean that we're having students do? And then how does that apply to readiness, endurance, leverage, and the external exams? So it really allowed, I mean, Brendan and I, we've been doing a lot of work with the next-gen standards for ELA, um, but I think spending the time looking through the lenses and prioritizing, at least for me, I don't want to speak for you, Brendan, but it really made me think about just exactly how how those standards apply to a classroom and apply to curriculum and apply to assessment and, and what students really need to be able to do to master those standards. Like I feel like it just gave me um, it, it was it just gave me more depth with the standards. Yeah. And we brought this back to our ELA collaborative learning community. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kind of went through the process that we learned at the state level. And it was fascinating to hear how teachers interpreted mm-hmm. the standards because there were different interpretations. Absolutely. Um, and just the level of analysis they were doing around the standard language um, really provided that depth that you just mm-hmm. talked about. So um, it, this is a great process, not even just to 
for the prioritizing piece, but just even for the understanding of the standards right. and how they build off of each other. And, you know, what's the difference between thoughtful and what's the difference between insightful and mm-hmm. wherever those might, you know, fall. Yeah. And I, and also because we have in our, in our CLC, we have um, sixth grade teachers through 12th grade um, teachers. So we divided up, you know, by middle and high school and we had them looking at um, six through eight and then, you know, the nine through 12 bands and just really thinking about, because, you know, the standards, they build off of each other as you go through the grade levels in ELA. But what is a priority in sixth grade uh, for students to have what would be a post, um, if we go back to that fence analogy, may not be a post in eighth grade, may not be a post in 10th grade. Um, so it was interesting once we had all the teachers kind of chart their priorities, they talked through it in small groups, um, and then kind of seeing where the trends were and what what was important in this developmentally, you know, this developmental grade level, and then how that might fade out when they reach mastery of that and something else might become a priority. And then even thinking about our high school teachers looking at the 11th and 12th grade standards and thinking, thinking about these lenses, like, okay, endurance, endurance means something different to us in 12th grade than it did in sixth grade. Um, Readiness means something different to us at this level. So it, even just changing the way that the lens focuses on the standard sort of changed what was prioritized. I, I think that was well said. And um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, because the, it definitely depends on context. Yes. And I think we heard that. That's why at the state level, you're not going to get a recommendation from the state saying, these are the standards you should prioritize. Right. They're not going to give that list. When we did our work together with the other curriculum developers across the state, that was not our goal. Right. It was just to go through the process. And, and even still, like, we didn't agree across the board. Right. What we came up with at our table with the, the people we were working with wasn't necessarily matching the table next to us. And they were working on the same grade level band, but they had a different context. Right. So you have to think about your program. You have to think about your... Uh, your community's needs. There, mm-hmm. there are many factors, but I really like how you touched on that context piece. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, especially at the grade level, a, a senior. What are their needs compared to a kindergartner? Mm-hmm. And you know, and that might change. So you're not just saying, you know, we think standard two that's priority, and we just make that across the board K to twelve. That's not the approach to go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, really good point. So I guess Sarah, like, what would you say then? Um, like what would be the next steps? So this is kind of the foundation piece, right? right? Because we want to be, we want our, our curriculum, our programs, our instruction aligned to the standards. So just to kind of hit on like, what would be some next steps after we have um, prioritized standards? Right. So when you, when you get your standards prioritized and you've decided these are the, the areas we're going to focus on, these are our supporting standards, then you really need to look at um, your planning design for your curriculum. You need to look at your assessments and how are those standards assessed and what is it that you're assessing. And then from that, building into it the units and pulling into it the resources that you use to um, to reach those standard goals with your students based on your community again and based on your and and your district um, because that's all all that curriculum work is all local level stuff you know and then building your lessons but it, I think really once you've figured out what you're prioritizing you need to figure out 
the end before you before you start digging into the how you get there, um, looking again at those at those assessments and looking at parallel assessments to the state exam and how even I think looking at how the state assesses students at with those priority standards and thinking about how can I build that level of of thought into what I'm doing with students in my lessons and in my units. Yeah, and I, I guess the only piece I would add is um, once you have the priority standards too and you're really starting to dial down, getting into those learning targets, yes. right? Like taking those priority standards and breaking them down to those chunks so that you understand, you know, how you're going to build throughout a year to that end of year expectation, that whole standard piece. Yes, so. and part of the learning objectives, this is this is some more work we did with Larry Ainsworth, is this idea of unpacking standards. And so we've, we've done that in the prioritizing a little, you know, a little bit, but then unpacking the standards to those learning targets, to those expectations, and then what does that look like, and how does that apply to your assessment and your units and your lessons, and really using that um, process to fidelity, that that's really the, the foundation and guiding what it is that students are doing in the classroom every day. So I would say um, if you're interested in this work, LarryAinsworth.com, he has his own website. Um, has a lot of resources of course he's written many books mm -hmm. highly recommend that you check out his work um he's also on twitter but i don't have his twitter handle on me right now but uh you can find him there so check the show notes we'll put it in the show notes okay yeah great idea <laughs> and um I, I guess i would just encourage you know now is the time with all these changes in standards that have happened mm -hmm. now is the time to have these conversations mm -hmm. at your you know, grade level team meetings, at your department meetings, at the district level, um, have a conversation. You know, if teachers, if you're feeling like you're you're hitting standards, but you don't really have a flow and a sequence, um, this might be a good time for you to start by determining what have you prioritized in the past and how does that need to be um, modified or changed or continued and how can you kind um, of lay out the, the framework for the year based on those pieces. And I think, too, using this process to um, kind of re-familiarize yourself with the standards. I know that there's a lot of, you know, there's there's a lot of overlap between the Common Core and Next Gen um, in terms of structure and maybe some of the language and things like that. But the Next Gen standards are a completely new document and uh, com in, in a different approach, really, to what we knew with Common Core. So I think it's important to take the time to really look through all of those standards and have a really good sense. Because, again, we lost some, too, in the process. With right. They're condensed. They're, you know, they're a little bit more concise. So really taking the time to look through and understand what each standard is really asking of students and of you in your instruction. And that's what I think this process, you know, um, if, you, if you take it and run it all the way through to build your curriculum, I think that that's wonderful. But I think even just using these lenses and having those, those in-depth conversations around analyzing the standards and really unpacking what's there, I think that's, that's equally as important. Awesome. So um, as we wrap up here, um, just want to say that, well, first of all, this was a lovely conversation. It was a great conversation. I know. I know. But keep in touch. I will. And, um, and for those of you that, you know, uh, 
are curious, like BOCES, we're going to be having offerings around this. But if you want us to come into your district, even though Sarah will be unav- unavailable for the <laughs> for next few. For just a few months. Just for a few months. Um, but reach out. And we're happy to lead those conversations or facilitate any of those meetings where you can kind of dive in uh, to talk about the standards. Um, that's something that we would love to be able mm-hmm. to support. Um, and really tailor side. it for your needs in your district, what it is that you want to get out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we wish everyone a wonderful holiday, a great December month. Um, and we hope that as you move into the new year, it's filled with great joy and great learning. And um, make sure that you connect with us. We're on Twitter. What's our handle, Sarah? Our handle at CA Today Podcast. And also, if you want to offer an idea for the show or you have something that you're really excited about that's happening in your school, we want to hear about it. So connect with us on Twitter or you can email us directly at catodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can access all of our old episodes on Apple Apple Podcasts or iTunes or Stitcher, um, but we also have a website that we house all of these. Catoday.cabosis.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you'll find our show notes as well. So any any of the information that we referenced here, we'll make sure we'll have a link to to something, some resources that you can check out and to Larry on Twitter so you can get a hold of him as well. So, Sarah, it's been our first year, 2018. We've got, you know, 10 ish episodes yeah, out. It's pretty remarkable. Pretty cool. Yes. I know we wish we could be doing more, but it's, you know, challenging just to find that time. Yes, it is. But uh, I don't know. It's been pretty successful, right? We've been getting the word out across the state and even, you know, at the national level, um, other states, we've seen people commenting on the podcast. So, And here's a little teaser. There's going to be a lot of great things coming in the new year. So yeah, we, stay tuned. We, we've got some great ideas and some um, high-level connections that you might want to I be like able to tune in for. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to give anything high away. High-level connections. High-level mm-hmm. experts and such. Okay. <laughs> I think we're going to leave it at that. Sarah, thank you. Thank you, Brandon. And everyone, thanks for listening to CA Today. We hope to see you soon.